You are listening to Kansas City Podcast Network. Talent-driven, FCC-free. Check out our show lineup, videos, events, and more over at kcpn.org. The Voices of Kansas City, unfiltered. Welcome into an all-new edition of the Tailgate Podcast. This guy's back. I'm back. Hey. I'm back. I'm not dying anymore. Three weeks later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Come to find out, it was not a sinus infection. No. It was COVID. We had the COVID. <laughs> yeah, we had the COVID. He had the yeah. COVID. Let's, I had, let's I had be, COVID. He had the COVID. I had the COVID. Duncan has not Almost, COVID almost wanted to force myself I mean, to record that Tuesday. It was a negative test, but I almost wonder at this point, like, because yeah. it's just... Mine was negative, too, but it was negative. See, yeah. and that's where I'm like, God. And I didn't have any of the symptoms. Yeah. I didn't lose taste. I haven't lost anything. So I haven't had. And my wife technically was was negative as well, uh, but she symptoms. but she had symptoms before I had symptoms. So it's one of those things where it's like she had it. She, she was just clear of the test by the time she went to go take it. She went and took it like a week and a half later. My uncle, who lives in Florida, who I went and saw in uh, December of 2019, is blaming me for him getting sick after I visited him in Tampa because he said he got sick for two weeks after that, consistent with COVID. And he, he, he didn't say that he's blaming me, but he said, well, where else could I have gotten it from? It's Florida. I was like, it was December of 2019. <clears throat> yeah. and so he's blaming you for COVID that he, like, for him being sick, like, a year and a half ago almost? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he blamed me for it, saying for a visit that I had three okay. months before the breakout really happened. Okay. It's your fault. Hadn't even hit. So maybe I had it? I don't That's That's, the, 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 that's the, uh, the moral of this story is maybe yeah, I no, had it? No other explanation. Don't forgive him COVID. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, but anyways, um, we've been water dying to talk about the Senior Bowl. We've mentioned it every week, but I oh was gosh. the one who watched, watched it in depth. I watched it later um, and kind of followed the during the week practices, but Ty watched the actual game. I was super, super excited this year. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that we, we even just mentioned offline. Um, yeah. If you want to go ahead and mention the line thing. Yeah, so one of the things that I noticed rewatching it was – uh, the O-line play was really bad, especially on the edges. Uh, tackles were really bad. Honestly, uh, the centers and guards actually played decently well of the six sacks given up in the game on either side. Uh, the five-and-a-half could be credited to edge rushers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, obviously, one the edge rusher had him wrapped up, and then D-tackle came in and uh, yeah. finished him off. But, uh, all honestly, all the big-name Edge rushers got a lot of pressure. Whether yeah. they got the sacks or not, that's another mm-hmm. thing. But all of them got pressures, made plays when they where they needed to. They had some good double teams say, on there too. And I was say yeah. sacks can be an overrated stat. Sometimes. Absolutely, because yeah. I mean, if you're if you're getting to the quarterback, you're doing your job. Yeah. Right. One of the uh, one of the guys that was blowing up a lot of the in, interior pressure. One of my favorite standouts for the uh, draft. I'll probably bring him up a little bit. Uh, is a guy from uh, UCLA, uh, Ozigi Zua. Um, he had forced a lot of tackles in the run game. The run game was pitiful because the interior line was, or the the tackles on the opposite side were, were so awful that yeah. they he, they had to cut it into the inside so many times. Uh, yeah. But Ozigi Zua made a bunch of tackles in the run game, and then he even had two sacks, and it literally was because the pocket was just collapsing down, and he, Mond had to take a he step forward. Yeah. No one had more than one. Oh, yeah, he only had the one sack, yeah. 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 Uh, but, yeah, he had a great game. He had a lot of pressures. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, another name, Patrick Jones from Florida State, looked yeah. apart. He, he was yeah. dominant. Um, uh, sample out of uh, – I wrote that down. Um, 
Cameron Sample didn't write down race from. Uh, he also yeah, I didn't write down race from either. <laughs> showed a lot of burst on the edge. Um, mm. Yeah, like I said, if you're looking for good front seven players, this game, I mean, it showed out a lot of a lot of good players. Yeah. The Ohio State linebackers played well for that defense. Mm-hmm. Um, the defensive backs, I mean, the quarterback play was a little questionable all across the board. I mean, yeah. Kellen Mond was MVP, and he had some throws where you're like. He was he was super just not on it. Um, the whole first half was awful, and yes, he did make the connection. He did make the corrections like mid game and halftime, and then come out and actually like play a little bit. But honestly, the only reason why he looked good to me, uh, which is why I'm nervous because obviously MVP of that usually does get drafted a little higher, and I'm not saying he's going to, uh, but was the fact that Mac Jones was a late scratch for. Uh, for playing, no play yeah, and so like there was like so since Mac Jones was a healthy scratch or a scratch because of because of his shoulder and because of his arm, yeah. um, that meant that there was a lot more time given to Newman and Mond, and I think that they really just got the MVP because they got the stats overall because they had a lot more time in the pocket than they actually did an under center than before Newman that. And Newman looked took all four of the sacks. Yeah, that his team had Newman didn't really look that great at all to me. He, he, he was left out to dry. Yeah, he didn't, ha- he, didn't say, he, didn't, he didn't have any time. Rest, during right. the week, and this is a case where there, there's a lot of guys that will mention that word. During the week, they showed out. Newman was one of those guys. Right, right. His, uh, obviously, like when you're, when you're getting pressured, you got yeah. sacked. All four of the sacks that your team gave up is when you were in the game. He just has that negative tag on him right now because of the opt-out. And that's... Uh, I don't think there's a negative tag, tag on the opt-out. I think there's still some, no. especially with some of the players. But like I mean, with him... With Farley, he's with, yeah, no, he's but with him, like his footwork was rusty. His his uh, He was forcing throws. His turnovers were bad in the game. The, the but tape, during practice was good. We don't have tape on him from the last year. That's the only way that an opt-out's going to affect I think you. the only way... I was going to say, I think the only way that the opt-out would negatively affect you is if there's evidence that you clearly have not been working out mm. in that case yeah absolutely the team's gonna have mm. have concerns but if if you're rusty then yeah. i mean yeah that's he that's clearly hadn't been working on his footwork he's, he's been working been, out he just hadn't been working on his right, footwork in pocket presence that but that's that's with a lot of quarterbacks too he just hasn't been working against a lot of competition fair oh, and a lot that's, of quarterbacks not easy to mimic. a yeah. lot of quarterbacks struggle with their their footwork unless you're constantly mm. doing it and so mm. that's Correct. that's something that can be fixed working with a team in in once he's with the team in the offseason. I I think he falls down the board. Falls down. He's not up, so he can't fall down. Yeah. Like, he's not a quarterback who was going to get taken in the first three rounds. Oh, yeah. so, I mean, I could see third round, but... Sure. Um, if a team fell in love with him at these practices as a developmental prospect, sure. I mean, but just because teams love that monster not. arm. But. Sure. Um, but, he, and that's the point I'll make, is that a team that knows that they can develop quarterbacks very well and they have the right coaches in place to work on the... In time. The, it, it won't take that long. It's uh, Getting fundamentals right... Will not take that long. Dak mm. Prescott, we've learned that. With him. Mm. If you work on it every day and you have the right mentality on it, you Josh will Allen. improve that. Josh Allen, another <laughs> yeah. one. Like his, it's not like he's a broken prospect. No, not at he all. He got pressured and sacked more than any other player in this game. Yeah. And throughout the week, all you heard is rave, rave reviews of him. Mm. So I'm not sold that like he's not going to get drafted as like a developmental prospect and sit behind a quarterback for a couple of years, see what they have. And if he's not great, they'll move on. Mm-hmm. But it's not like he ruined his chances. If anything, yeah. this week or that this week, it was what, almost a month ago. <laughs> uh, three weeks ago, he helped himself a lot 
through mm. because of the practices. The right. game the game doesn't matter. The right. coaches are going to learn more about you during the practices than any, right. anything. And a lot of people, so like going back to that, is like the one guy that just kind of had like all right practices, but really they, they like a lot from his uh, like attitude and character is kind of the quarterback to me that was the worst in the pocket, and that was uh, Ian Book. Um, and it was because he – yeah, he uh, he held the ball for so long in this game that he, even though he's like he he like constantly would try to extend the pocket, which was nice. But Jamie was kind of do that, trying to do that as well. But then he wouldn't just like get rid of the ball. He would just like hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, and then throw it behind his receiver. And it just it he did not look polished at all. Ellinger did not look polished at all. Uh, but I mean, those are the two takeaways that, as far as the quarterback class. Yeah. Kellen Mond looked like a game manager. Looked like a solid game manager if given the right tools and the time. But in the same fact, still looked a step behind. Jamie had a bad game, but had a great practice. But it was also like you said, he was left out. He was left hanging out to dry. And then Felipe Franks had a big arm, but he looked not, like the Felipe Franks, Franks that we've yeah. seen at two different schools. Where yeah. there's flashes of like, wow, oh. this kid could be really good. <laughs> yeah. And then he does. How was the, that bonehead? Oh, play? he just threw like three passes into the ground in a row. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Yeah. yeah, that's kind of just his career. Yeah, like at Florida he was that at Arkansas. Yeah. He was and that, that kind of stuff doesn't really tend to get better. Anymore. No, and like at one one of the plays specifically, there was like a rollout to the running back, and uh, he was like less than like five yards away from like Franks, and Franks literally, literally just as hard as he could yeah. through like and overthrow him. And it's like, dude, he is five yards away from <laughs> yeah. you. Like, put a little touch on that. Yeah. Man. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and then the running backs, uh, really Michael Carter was the Ooh, only yeah. one that mm. stood out. Like the yeah. running back cores in general, I think averaged 3.3 yards per carry. Yeah. I was looking for a little bit more from that Missouri kid Roundtree. Um, uh, I still think he's good. I still think he obviously right. has a chance, but, uh, oh, Michael Carter, he really, I think he jumped up boards in this one and sure. because he was great out of the backfield with soft hands and would make plays, and even just between the tackles. Both yeah. elements of the modern yeah. running back, yeah. catching and running the ball. Yeah. And if you want to talk about a, a convert, um, Felton, the kid that converted from running back to wide receiver, he looked pretty good as like that scat back wide receiver, end around guy, um, and just quick, uh, quick dump passes, and he had really good ball vision uh, running and all that stuff. But I would expect that from a running back that converts to wide receiver. He did the opposite of the Antonio Gibson from last year, going from wide receiver to running back. He went from running back to wide receiver. Uh, wide receivers, speaking of which, Ooh, yeah. uh, there was a few good ones that good showed games. out through the, through the week and mm-hmm. didn't really show up in the game. And then there were some guys who blew up in the game, mm-hmm. uh, mainly uh, Des Fitzpatrick yes. from uh, uh, Louisville. He had a, a couple long catches. Uh, looked like he got separation on almost every right. play that he was in on physical. A couple game. of key drops, but really not that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he still yeah. at most of the time looked like the best yeah. wide receiver on the field during the game. Right. Um, a couple of the key drops were actually attested to the poor quarterback play, 100%. Yeah. Reliable receivers, I'd say Amari Rogers. Oh, 100%. His, Great position. I mean, Hands not, in traffic. Yeah, his stats weren't like wow, but like anytime they needed a catch, he was kind of mm. always there. And there's that end zone catch with mm-hmm. just fantastic body control between two defenders and yep. just like it's just great positioning on the ball and just monstered over the receiver. Uh, and a, a couple guys that didn't show up in the game, but mm-hmm. what you heard a lot about during the week uh, were Frank Darby mm-hmm. and uh, Dwayne Eskridge. Yeah. Uh, Darby out of uh, Arizona State and Eskridge out of Western Michigan. Yeah. They got 
rave reviews all week on, yeah. on what they did on the field. The one play that I loved from Darby was going back to Felipe well, Franks. Well, made one play. Yeah, I know. The one play. The one, <laughs> one play. Catch. The one catch. And it was beautiful. Don't get me yeah. wrong. But because it was, it was an overthrow by Franks. Like it was, and Darby made it up the ground yeah. and made it a great catch on it and just good ball movement tracing in the air. But it was the only play that he made. He was a package, just random thought. I remember Frank Darby's mm-hmm. recruitment because he was a package deal with uh, Eno Benjamin. Yeah. They were both supposed to go to Iowa. Both ended up going to Arizona State. Mm-hmm. So that um, was fun. Yeah, the only other player that I have <laughs> yeah. in my notes is a Michigan boy, Ben Mason, fullback. <laughs> Light. Ooh, fullback. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was he was fantastic. I, I, I love watching that kid play. He just lit he up was, his defender. Just, yeah. Just created no running lane for the running back. Yeah. But, back but man, there. that one defender felt it. That was that was the key. Yes. Uh, he put like three people on on their ass that day, but like yeah. literally, it wasn't it wasn't him opening the holes. It literally was him just taking one guy and just driving him into the dirt. <laughs> yeah, I would I would like to see a little bit more of the like true like high first round talents playing this game because it really mm-hmm. lacked that this year. You really across the board, you don't see any of the big names that are going to be taken high in it. And I I get it. It's it's a completely different year than what we're used to. And those guys are protecting their bodies more than ever, but it did clearly have an effect on the quality. Of oh, the game. absolutely! It was, it was tough to watch at points. Yep. But that also opens up opportunities for some of these absolutely. other guys to shine in place of the the bigger name stars, and for some sure. guys might have jumped up, jumped up the draft boards. You know, made themselves mm-hmm. a little bit extra money. Yeah. Aaron, who's up around or so? Who is your big winner for the week? Um. I would say the kid out of Wisconsin Whitewater, Miners. Miners, yeah. He, Miners. All I heard was rave reviews on him all week. I mean, his hands were fantastic. It on one of the shows that you weren't on, that or it might have been the last one that you were on, actually, that he got voted during the week as the best O lineman mm. among by the D line group. So yeah. the people he was actually going against voted mm-hmm. him the most, the best alignment on the field. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, Division three kid, he can't. I mean, and no I, one made more money. I him. heard a story too that he, when he he hurt his hurt his hand, broke mm-hmm. a finger or something like that, yeah. and uh, coach pulled him out. I'm not sure which coach it was. Uh, I, who who are the coaches? Matt uh, Rule and uh, Brian Flores. It was Flores, and yeah, Flores uh, said, "Yeah, you're done for the day." You know, you're not. We're not going to let you get hurt any worse. And he's on the sideline begging him to go, go back, back in. Though. Yeah, just like tough that kid shows yeah. a lot of yeah shows a lot of uh, a lot of character there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've actually seen some mocks recently that have him going as high as the second round. Which wow. it's like that that like like you said that kid just made some money. And he can he can play all positions on the offensive yeah. line from what I yeah. understand too. I think so very the guy. right. I think the other <laughs> skill the, the yeah yeah. I think the other skill position for me that the the skill position that made the most money would probably be Michael Carter uh, for sure, cause just because of his great play during the game, and he had a solid practice all week, and he was seen as the number two running back in North Carolina, and so I feel like he just really just jumped gonna, up some boards. I was going to say, UNC might have two running backs go in the first three rounds. Right. Like, they've, if, this is, yeah. these are two really talented backs. Yeah, yeah. The, the running backs, man, just going back to, like, this draft class, like, there's usually that, like, those clear-cut ones that are coming out of there. Not. There's not in this one. No. I mean, he, uh Travis Etney is probably the lead candidate to go number one. Etienne, sorry. I would say Najee Harris. Not, yeah, yeah, but but even then, like those two are the big standout names. But like Chuba's sliding. Uh, you know, Michael Carter's kind of jumping up, but he yeah. Chuba, 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 Chuba Hubbard. Yeah, you see him going in the sixth, fifth, and, fifth yeah. and sixth round. Yeah, uh, yeah. the devaluation of running backs is back, um, which is fine. I mean, you look at. 
the running backs for Super Bowl teams recently. It's it hasn't mattered. I was going to say I wasn't thrilled yeah. about the Chiefs going and getting Edwards Hilaire. I mean, I get why they did it, and right. I'm gonna, you know, hey, I'm going to root for it. But hmm. we we saw where the Chiefs were lacking in the Super Bowl, and yep. it was not at running back. No. So, yeah, um, and that's the only thing that like the the pick of. Michael Carter being like the guy who made himself money. I'm like, eh, probably not, just because running backs are so devalued mm. right now. He'll do well at the yeah. next level, but as far as making money in the draft, I don't honestly don't think he did make that much money. Fair. He's still probably going to be a mid round pick yeah. at Fair. best. But yeah, I mean, minor, uh, minors goes without saying. And Ozigizu, yeah. I, I think for me personally, but it's just because I yeah. like his senior bull tape. But yeah, uh, I would say yeah, the pass rushers. Like saying his name. I do like saying his name. <laughs> he loves a challenging name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Uh, the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd say <laughs> other than other than him, though, the, yeah, the D linemen, maybe some linebackers, yeah, um, and even then, linebackers, another position that's getting devalued more and more mm-hmm. every year. Uh, you see the Chiefs take Anthony Hitchens and Damian Wilson to the to the Super Bowl. I wouldn't say it's being devalued. I would just say that they need to value it more because that was another area we were. I'm saying it is being devalued by teams. Teams are not drafting linebackers high because of. Where's the Ray Lewis's now that are, like, the reason why you're getting to a Super Bowl? I mean, I would say the last great, truly great game-changing linebacker was, was Keekley. Keekley. Yeah. yeah. And his you're tired early. over. Yeah. Injuries over. His career is over. Hopefully his injuries are over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Is he still getting concussions well, somewhere? Yeah, that's, like. awesome. and that's, where, that's where I wouldn't mind the Chiefs going yeah. after. You know, if, if there wasn't any of the linemen available at the end of the first at, yeah. at Someone 31. Did. Like I, if if the kid out of Notre Dame, Owusu, I I man, I, I love him. If mm. I can't say his name exactly, I'm not good with the challenging names. So. Uh, Owusu, Jeremiah Owusu Korobora. Thank yep. you. Uh, if he were available Korobora. at 31, and there was none of the elite Korobora. linemen, Korobora. I wouldn't mind that. You know, because the Chiefs, that's that is something because I, I think it is being devalued. But I also think that, that is something where when the other team, when all the teams are going that one way, mm. it helps then. You know, yeah. that to stand out and go against the grain and be that team that. We do have the elite rangy linebackers, sure. and mm-hmm. that's where I think they've already got one in place with Willie Gay, and, of course, he was hurt for the playoffs, so sure. that, that was unfortunate. But, yeah. uh, but anyway, that's, yeah. I, that's, there, there are definitely some talented linebackers in this there class. And yeah. I don't know if there's any potential true game changers, but I honestly never like, And I brought it up to you guys in the group chat a few weeks ago. I honestly think that Jeremiah Ousu Korobora – yeah. Koroboa uh, is going to be a better linebacker than Parsons. So mm-hmm. yeah. I, I think his tape's better. He does a lot more. Like, he covers mm-hmm. better. He's can rush the passer just as well as Parsons. Like, mm-hmm. I think he's really down right now. And then, I mean, down, he's still yeah. a first-round pick. But through the process, he could easily pass Parsons. I don't – and I this, I, this is just some yeah. stuff that I've read on, on what happened with Penn State. And a lot of stuff that's been really swept under the rug, some of the issues. Mm-hmm. But – Honestly, it almost it, it, there was some Penn talk State. of James Franklin losing their. I know, right? Penn State brushing things under the rug. We haven't had a history of that at all. They, we've never seen that. Never. But this that is not. I, Duncan, I don't believe you. <laughs> yeah, I understand. How dare you attack no, a program like, like that? It's not that rat bastard Chip Kelly. Okay, <laughs> that rat bastard. That not James. Nice not Chip Kelly. I, I, I messed it up. Uh, Brian Kelly. <laughs> Brian Kelly. <laughs> Brian Kelly. <laughs> Uh, but Chip Kelly can fuck himself too. Speaking of knocking <laughs> off the rust, man, you're you're getting on Jamie Newman. You need to knock off. You're just the rust. like talked up one of his players for like uh, ten I know, minutes, right? and now you're bagging on the coach. Oh, uh, yep. Here we but, go. No, I uh, 
uh, Micah Parsons was a part of a, a kind of a nasty yeah, controversy up yeah. there, and he's yep. there's some character issues with Micah Parsons, yeah. and yet this guy has talked about as being a top ten pick. I'm like, yeah. I wouldn't touch him. No, I wouldn't touch him either. Yeah. I'd rather have <laughs> everything. Yeah. Our teams Bolton. have been shown mocking him over the course of a few months, like quite a bit. Uh, and if the Lions take him at seven, I might, I might cry for you. Yeah. Uh, I, I just, it's, and it's not a position that I want to take that high. No. Yeah, top ten for a linebacker and an off-ball linebacker. Just, he better be a, he better be a Keekly. Yes. Like, he better. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the jury's still out because I think that we had a good linebacker class a couple years ago, obviously, with Bush and White. Mm-hmm. Um, but Bush has been injured this past year, and White looked really good this Devin year. Devin White helped win the Super Bowl for yeah. absolutely. And so, like, so I think that that's, yeah. I think that's kind of like where we plant the flag of maybe next sort yeah. of thing, but I think I'd rather have Patrick the... Queen was a kid like that last year. It's just not yeah. a position still that I'm going right. to take top 10. Patrick right. Queen, I think was taken right at the right mm-hmm. position. Yeah, what right. he does right in the twenties. Yeah. And, yeah, and I, I know that this is like, and that's the thing, especially like having a couple mocks that have the lions take Parsons kind of does upset me mm-hmm. uh, because honestly, I'd rather go all the way down and get like a Chaz Surratt. Who's just a fast kid that doesn't make plays yeah. and is still learning the position. I'd rather have him. I'd rather have Bolton from Missouri. I'd rather have any of those people over Parsons. And in Parsons, well, you just look at your, your yeah. guys' team needs. It's is linebacker really like the need for the lions right now. No, no. it's not. It, it is a, a need, but right. it's not the need. Right. So. I mean, I'm I'm a big, big fan of Slater just because he's that combo guard that can move he's, in. And, oh, he's and, playing tackle. Yeah, he he's can a play, he, yeah he's, a, he's a tackle, but like yeah. he like also it's one of those things where he can be mobile. So you, if you see him get drafted by a team like mobile, uh, hostile, yeah, get if him, he gets, man. yeah, a bulldozer. yeah, if, I love I love Slater. Yeah, uh, he's great. If you if you see him get drafted by like a team that already drafted a, a tackle, then they might move him to the other tackle and stuff like that. But they sure. but in the same that's, fact, that's they, he could put him in a guard no for a year. Honestly, oh, if say he Bengals is more of a need at a guard. Yeah. Zach Martin is a guy that we saw do that, and he's a Hall of Famer yeah. because of it. Right. He, he was a left tackle all through college, honestly projected better as a left tackle, but he's a Hall of Fame left guard yeah. or right guard. Right. Uh, yeah, if you have to move him in, and uh, Brandon Scherf's another one. Yeah. Uh, Giants took him in the top five, yeah. and everybody thought, bookend left tackle. Nope, he's playing guard, yeah. and he's one of the best in the league. It's, and yeah. it's all where he fits. Right. Um, I'd rather I'd rather double down and take any linemen that fall mm-hmm. than take Parsons or and just or even just like yeah, a generation wide receiver. Goff is number one receiver. Oh, please God, no! You don't want to take a wide receiver. I don't know. In this class? It, there's Smith. Come on. I don't know. Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. Yeah. The highest the highest yards per reception for a twenty touchdown receiving receiver ever. I go back and forth on it, honestly, because of the simple fact that I still think there's that, that hope of getting Kenny Galladay back, too, and having to... Oh, yeah, Galladay's getting franchised. Yeah. That doesn't matter. You but, want more than one good receiver in the modern mm-hmm. NFL. Mm. Like, you guys... Lines are fine number two. should not... Two number worry. twos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, or just, like, a team full of number twos like you guys used to have at yeah. the era right after Megatron. It was yeah. all number two. Yeah. There wasn't a number one. <laughs> Tate Jones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, you getting two number ones or even three. Mm. A lot of teams are loading up on them. Like you guys should definitely I just, be in that boat too. I see a glaring need for what the Lions do need is also to keep the quarterback upright, and I see the line being as like the most important. But I do love the generational talents that are coming out at wide receiver, and I wouldn't mind that as well. But also, it it really does come down to the next month what happens because 
there is a massive free agency market, and there's a lot of names on there. Yeah. And if you go out and get those guys in, well, in the free think, agency market. I don't think yeah. that wide receiver is likely, honestly, given who your coach is. Right. I, I was going to say people, say people say offensive line is the safe ah. move, but I – Man, I, it's 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 just the smart move, you know. Yeah. Just yeah. build build up that offensive line. Just if there's an if that's the best available player pass. there, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. that's that's where I. How many times have I said on this mm-hmm. podcast that the cheap go get freaking linemen? Mm-hmm. Yep. And, you take, you know. Two of your picks should be used on an offensive and or defensive lineman mm-hmm. in every class. Yeah. Every single one. It's constantly developing people, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. Well, offensive line, you got to protect the quarterback. We right. saw that happen in the Super Bowl. And with how big they are, you never know when you're going to have a catastrophic injury. Right. And if you, even if you, we do saw have that it. happen in before the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So right. we lost the Chiefs. Catastrophic, mm-hmm. uh, catastrophic injuries to the one position they couldn't afford. Well, second position they couldn't afford it to happen to. Right. And it cost them. Yeah. Because and also because they had invested in guys. That's something. Yeah. If if you guys go Slater, I'd be ecstatic for you. Yeah. I, 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 if you got Jamar Chase. I, if you got Devontae Smith, I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, those three names: Devontae Smith, uh, Jalen Waddle. I'd even be happy with as well. You know, Jamar him Chase, and, him yeah, and Kenny Galladay together would be yeah, interesting you, to watch. Yeah, it, I mean, you get your you got your burner on one side. You got you know Kenny Galladay, yeah, and I mean, but yeah, with, with Slater, you look at Jared Goff put up his best numbers when he had his strongest offensive line exactly. years ago in, in Los yeah. Angeles. You know, that's. But it wasn't. An and it wasn't. One. It wasn't right. the greatest receiving core that yeah. he had. It was. It was. He had a very good offensive yeah. line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was the best receiving core he had, though. It was the best, but, yeah, but it, it wasn't. Insane. It wasn't a top. Like, it wasn't top great. five or anything no. In, no. in the league. Maybe top ten, but yeah. I mean, he had Cup, Cooks, uh, Woods, Woods. I would yeah. say Everett and Higby. That's where you had. That's that's a high end group of twos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any of those guys would be a low end one. I like. Oh, yeah. I always liked Cooper's well, I mean, upside as a number one, but exactly. I do too. The, the injuries have kind of hammered yeah. that. Yeah, and I would say Cooks is also a low upside number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean he's a guy who'll get you eighty catches, a thousand yards, I mean, and he's been traded for number touchdowns. one pick and the, three times. And the, honestly, like you guys, you guys just mentioned the two names that are yeah, they were also really good, but the most underrated name on that receiving corps and has been for the last like four or five years, Robert Woods. Mm-hmm. Robert Wood yeah. is making stuff happen, and he's. And he has the stats, he has the plays, and all that stuff. And yes, he has the injuries too, but he is completely underestimated on that on that wide receiver core. Sure, I agree. And he continues to like he was he was the number two guy at USC when Juju was there. You right. Know, this is a guy who's constantly been looked at as the number two wide receiver, yeah. and yet Robert this Woods, season he put up number one receiver numbers. Wa- Robert Woods is the receiver. Or was it last season? that Matt Stafford is going to fall in love with? Yes. That's that's the rece- that's the type of receiver that Matt Stafford loves, and that's the type of receiver that I will He's go all in on this year. All of them, right? So, oh yeah, he's really gonna love Cooper Cup. Yeah, yeah. check check down to Cooper Cup. Yeah, I love Cooper Cup. Yeah, love Cooper Cup. But yeah, uh, and even still, the rookie running back that t- turned the corner at the end, uh, uh, rookie the rookie running back that turned the corner at the end that yeah. can actually catch out of the backfield. He'll love that. Yeah, I mean they they have a stable of running backs where they have a couple guys who can start for that team. Mm-hmm. Um, but getting into that, uh, speaking of which, you also missed. The Stafford trade. Yeah, I actually didn't have COVID. I was just in mourning uh, for two weeks. It all makes sense. <laughs> uh, we mentioned a few weeks ago that this could potentially be the most historically significant quarterback offseason in NFL history. Oh, I think and it is. Just off the top of my head before the show, teams who could be or are quarterback needy based on things that have come out about trying to trade for quarterbacks – like they know that they need an upgrade. The Bears. Uh, yeah. Carson Wentz. Uh, 
Carson Watch Lee. hasn't happened. Yeah, you know what? No, 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 no. You're not allowed to do that because you're the one that was like, oh, here it is. This trade has happened, blah, blah, blah. And here we are two weeks later. It still, still hasn't dude. happened. And you chose Denver. I chose, I chose right. the Bears. I chose Indy. Yeah. Uh, Washington, Denver, Minnesota, Indianapolis, Chicago, the New York Jets, Jacksonville Jaguars, New Orleans, Atlanta, Pittsburgh, Carolina, Vegas, San Francisco, New England, and I know there's names. There's Carolina. You're the Chicago like Post over there claiming that Dewey beats Truman. You know, you're, you're just you just you just have to jump <laughs> yeah. the gun, don't you? So, oh yeah, oh yeah. If you don't if you don't know what we're talking about, Ty, a few a week. Uh, I blame COVID rain. Ago? I don't know when it was. Oh, yeah. It's been over a week, but. As you know, Carson Wentz has not been traded yet. Mm. Uh, Ty texted us from a, uh, sources that were like just a random news crew in yeah. Philadelphia. None yeah. of them were sports reporters at all. Not that that matters, but mm. it does. Um, he's like, yeah, nope, looks like it's over. Aaron, Wentz, yeah, he said Aaron, win. Aaron, Aaron wins. Aaron wins. <laughs> Wentz to Chicago. And honestly, given those teams, I do think Chicago's the only one dumb enough to make that trade. Yeah. Um, because they don't know what good quarterback play looks like. Uh, but he named yep, like and I I had seen the tweet literally right before he texted us. I was like, I don't know about these sources. I'm not seeing Schefter. I'm not seeing you know, mm. Ian Rapoport. Mm-hmm. Nobody yep. was reporting that a trade was even close. John Clayton, like two minutes after Ty had sent the text, was like, like nah. other teams to consider in the Carson Wentz trade. I'm like, yeah, this hasn't happened yet. Jump the gun a little bit on that one. Know about this, and it could very well happen. It could be a very similar package. But at this point, I don't think a first-round pick is even in the in the Because <laughs> if it was, yeah, he'd be traded. Because that was the most hilarious part: is Philadelphia wanted a Stafford-like return They'd, for wins, and good they don't luck. realize they have Goff. They've got they've got worse <laughs> than Goff. Yeah. Uh, mm. Goff's bad too. <clears throat> not nearly as bad. Not leading the league in turnovers. Bad. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but with that said, yeah, the it, we're seeing every few days. It seems like oh, this. This team potentially offered this, and I'm like, oh, cool. The uh, Eagles are putting out more information to try to drive up the price. Someone posted the other day that the, uh, the Colts Indy, offered, yeah, Indy offered two first round pick or two second round picks. That uh, source tweeted, "There go, if Indy offered two second round picks, the trade would be final." Yeah, no, that's not true. They're trying to drive up the price to someone who clearly doesn't want to pay it. Yeah. That making them think that Indy and all these other teams are Indy. Indy offered Indies, I don't think one second round pick. I know that. I I, I don't think I, that they've offered anything. Anything? Yeah. Yeah. Based on like what Pat McAfee has <laughs> kind of hinted at, he said talking to people more coffee. within Indy, like he doesn't really think they're interested at all. He thinks that it's all uh, Philly kind of trying to play the Frank Wright card. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, they're definitely interested because Frank Wright worked with them. And it's just like, no, I don't think so. I think they're smarter than you think. I think that they'd rather have, like, a Derek Carr than Carson Wentz, which anyone who watched football the last two years I take it. Derek Carr over Carson Wentz. Absolutely. Yeah. Convincing Chicago fans that that's a reality, that they should not be in on him is another thing. Because, like I said, they've never seen a good quarterback play. Mm. So, and, I mean, they know? That's... What are some of the yeah? What are some of the other quarterbacks that are on on the market right now? Like that's what are some of the other quarterbacks that are on the market right now? Well, after the Deshaun, obviously Deshaun Watson on the market officially no. Yeah, half on, half off. The dipping his toe in the water. Well, he's he he wants to be moved. The team does not want to. Nick Casario saying that they're not. Yeah, they won't. They and honestly, like I don't blame them. Yeah, 
Like, why would you just be like, well, I'm just 100% going to give up on this quarterback just because he feels like he won't be happy here? I mean, I get both sides, um, but if I was them, I wouldn't trade him either. Okay, Mm -hmm. you want to miss out on a year's worth of salary? Go ahead and do it. Mm -hmm. We'll we'll play this game. Honestly, Detroit's played that with a few players. Mm -hmm. Oh, you don't want to play for us anymore? Fine, retire. (laughs) Gronk! No, 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 I was talking... Oh, yeah. Uh, Calvin Johnson. Yeah, Calvin Johnson. More, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, definitely Gronk. First ballot Hall of Famer Calvin Johnson to you. That's true. Uh, and then Wilson, Russell Wilson has been in the news as being unhappy with Seattle. Mm-hmm. And Seattle is unhappy that he's voiced his displeasure. I think that that could, you know, could be traded you know, before Watson. I don't think so. I don't see that. I, I could very well see that happening. With how ugly it's gotten as quickly as it's gotten, and that's all. That's all in I, Seattle because literally what he said his voice pleasure or his, his displeasure that he's voiced hmm. is that he's tired of getting hit. Right. He wants them to improve the offense. Also, if I played quarterback for the Seahawks, I'd be tired of getting hit too. Extension. The last time that he got paid, it took them a long time to pay him. True. Uh, you don't think that kind of muffled his feathers a little bit? Yeah, I, but he still got paid. I mean, mm-hmm. very, paid very well. But took a while. And it that, did. That. I, I'm telling you, like that. I think that that's going to have a bigger impact on this than what people think. They have not treated him how a Super Bowl winning quarterback should be treated every step of the way. No, I agree with that. I do. I do agree with that. So he's very much going to be in there. I think Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, Matt Ryan. I would say Rodgers is more uh, likely to Cousins. get traded than Wilson still at this point. I wouldn't. No, Rodgers seems very happy with with the Packers. He just wants to be wants more say in what they do. Like. I think Aaron Rodgers still wants to retire a Packer. Mm-hmm. I do. Okay. He's still hanging out with the old lineman. He's hanging out in the back of a pickup truck wearing drinking beer. Packers gear, drinking beer True. in the middle of winter. Like, I, I think Aaron Rodgers is further from, like, a complete, like, shutdown with what the organization's doing than what Russell Wilson is, especially when you look at how much the organization, like, said, oh, no, we're going to commit to running the ball now. After like one year of bad play calling with Schottenheimer, like I think I think Wilson is is not in a good place with the mm. with Seattle at all. And he, I mean, do you think he is a Seahawk next season? If my money's on no, right now. wow, yeah, wow, I my That's money's big. on no. I was going to say yeah. How much? How quickly that moved to like oh they're unhappy with him. He's unhappy with them. I mean. But having, but having in the Wilson or in the Watson situation, one side's unhappy with the other side. Like mm-hmm. the the Texans pre- went out and paid him right as early as they could. Like mm. they want to keep him around. They're just an incompetent organization. But having said that, though, do you? I, I mean, do you think when when push comes when when all like when it all settles when or when when the dust were to settle in Seattle, do you really think that them being unhappy means that they're going to try to part ways with them? Like, they have to, like, Seattle, they've made some mistakes. How many quarterbacks are available? Yeah, but none of them are Russell Wilson. Do they really? If they're going to commit to running the ball as much as they don't need a Russell Wilson. I would disagree with that. They're not going to win a Super Bowl with. uh, Does Pete Carroll believe that? Because Russell Wilson wasn't Russell Wilson when they won a Super Bowl. I'm sorry. He was was averaging under 200 yards passing a game. True, but he was still a quarterback capable of stepping up in that moment when you need to. The, The league has changed so much in just that short amount of time. And with them committing to let Russ cook and it not working last year, 
do you think that they're really going to commit even more to him? Yeah, but they can they also point out that they had a shit offensive line and a shit defense. They've never admitted that. that. No, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> if I said that, I didn't mean to. No, but that's that's the like they've yeah they let Russ cook, but when he has a shit offensive line, you can let him cook all he wants to. That doesn't mean the, the ingredients are going to taste good together. Yeah. So. I cooked a lot of things during COVID. I don't didn't taste him, a thing. I, I see him in Seattle next year. I still think. Well, could be, but with how this offseason's going, because I we've also be see anyone move. And, and my my and my point is is we know Fair. how quickly things can change. Like yes, it changed mm-hmm. the negative that this quickly. That can it can still change in the other direction just as quickly. Mm-hmm. I mean, we look at it's been it's been over a month now that we thought Deshaun Watson was going to a trade was imminent. Right. And nothing has still happened. Yeah, but and they're so, getting off, they're getting. It's been over two weeks big. since the news for Chicago was dropped. They're getting <laughs> they're getting offered ridiculous packages and just hanging up. Like that's yeah. that's yeah. one side not being willing at all. Yeah, both sides are are not happy in this situation. No, no, Washington. I under, I understand that, but I'm just saying I think cooler heads ultimately prevail in Seattle. I hope that's. I yeah, hope, I, 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 but I honestly, I honestly, I'd love to see Russell Wilson with an organization that actually takes care of him. Well, yeah, I mean, I would too, but it's, uh, it's I don't know. I just, I, th- well, I, I just think that there's certain teams. Yeah, I'm just going to stand by that. I see yeah. it still in Seattle. Now. There's just certain teams to me that scream that they're going to make any moves necessary, like the Saints or the Colts, that will be like, that will try to offer, those, if, if there is that imminent, like, hatred toward each other on both sides. There's a lot of teams that I think are going to shockingly make whatever deal they can to get what they can. I don't see them trading them necessarily in division because I feel like that's going to be a hard, hard step for them to do. But I'm like the, not go in the conference. Yeah. With the, yeah, with the, I mean, with the AFC being what it is. And, and I think that I mean, don't write the Colts off. I mean, they still, they haven't made a ton of moves yet, but they're, they said they're going to make a move. So they're just waiting for the right thing. Draft capital that can offer like if, Held. If their relationship continues yeah. to be what it is or deteriorate even more, like there's teams that can offer ridiculous packages to get him. Yeah, I mean, just even talking about the Dolphin situation, moving right. Tua to him and the amount of draft cap, draft capital they have this year and next year. Whew, I mean, you'd have to entertain that deal at that point. You know, but, you, the thing, but my point is, none of this has happened. None of the, right. none of these trades have happened yet, and that's because ultimately, what. More often than not, and when I say more often than not, I'm talking 90-something percent, is the team sticks with the quarterback they have because what you have I think a is, lot of teams with the When you have a good quarterback, you don't want to. You, you will do anything to try to make sure that that quarterback stays mm-hmm. in your uniform. A lot of these trades usually happen after the draft. So they're this not is true. happening right now. It doesn't mean anything. They want to see if they can move up in the draft and get a guy that, Maybe they've targeted for a while. This, a while. this is true, but history yeah. also says we don't see quarterbacks get moved that often. Right. Sure, but that's changed. Players in general in this league getting moved often wasn't a thing. No. Until a couple of years ago, and we've talked about that a lot. The trade deadline. Uh, the trade deadline in general has picked up a lot in the last mm-hmm. few years. Trading and I mean, the, it's, we're in the player empowerment era. Yeah. Players free are free not agency. Stick yeah. around in bad situations. Yeah. They're going to force trades. It's going to be more and more popular. And this this off season more than any it's other probably the catalyst ever, is gonna be the start of that. Yeah. And Wilson is very much in that conversation of I a mean, player that could and possibly will get traded. I just see like Goff and the, the Goff Stafford trade was definitely that that was that is something that I believe does set a new precedent. But until that until these deals start to actually materialize, 
I mean, I, I just I don't see the Seahawks trading Russell Wilson. Um, if it does happen, I'm absolutely more than going to be more than willing to eat crow hmm. and come out and talk about it. Like, I still will say that I think that Watson and Rodgers are more likely to get traded. Because I, I think with Rodgers, yeah, he's playing nice with the Packers, and he's, he's going to play nice with his teammates. I yeah. think Rodgers is the most cerebral quarterback in the game, yeah. and I think he's playing a long con with Green Bay. Mm-hmm. I think he's still pissed off with how Green Bay's treated him. And this is something. This is a you know a thirty seven year old quarterback, not a 30, 31 year old like Russell Wilson, where this has been over a decade of him being being screwed over. I, I just think but, that we're going to start to see the cleanup happen within obviously this month because as soon as some of these pro days start happening and come to fruition, and it seems like teams are starting to line up in the draft, that's when we're going to see a lot of this stuff happen, and it's going to be so quick. Like it'll probably be like one week or two week period where it's boom, 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 boom. Of it's just, not gonna be the teams that we think. They, so yeah, and that's and that's kind of why it's like I don't know. For for me, it's just this free agency, and I mean, just the amount of free agents to have. Like as soon as they start going, that's when the that's when the quarterbacks are going to go. So. I will, and I will admit too is one other thought that kind of has occurred to me with this, with all this Russell Wilson stuff, is the Deshaun Watson news dominated the top of the headlines on ESPN, Sporting News, Sports Illustrated, so many of the websites, everything, every day. There's been barely anything about Russell Wilson. That's not true. I haven't I, seen it I, be a headline on ESPN a single time, and I'm on ESPN multiple times a day. It's definitely been on first take multiple days in a row. They oh, even okay. I was about, just talking ESPN.com. Okay. Mm. Yeah, they they have talked about a potential Dak for Russ swap. They've okay. Like, I've they seen have talked the about Sean and Dak swap, but I hadn't seen a Russell and Dak yeah, swap. Oh. Like it's very much in that. Realm. In that conversation. And, yeah, Dak needs to be mentioned, too. There's yeah. – Yes. Dak I, mean, I No quarterback's been more disrespected with their contract than him. Yeah. Oh, I completely agree. Yeah, I mean, I put him on the uh, – because I have a I have a big – my own, like, document spreadsheet that I have, and he's the number one free agent on yeah. my thing because oh, – He's y- unanimously the number one free yeah. agent technically – right now yeah because there's no i mean do i think that dallas will sign him i hope they do but also in the same fact like why not offer him why not franchise tag him again and move him to a place that's going to pay he gets franchised again that'll be his last year in dallas yeah they're gonna they're gonna move him that will break the relationship i was gonna say yeah me sitting here talking about all this stuff with russ and seattle like if that yeah what happened with what i will already the situation with dak and dallas that relationship will not repair yeah if he gets ran i I wanted to not type that name long term shortly afterwards like so that he doesn't hit the market that's one thing but if he gets franchised and plays on it i feel like it's his last year in dallas he will never play for them again yeah and i wouldn't blame him at all uh, I mean, it was just mishandled. This. They could have had him on a twenty-eight million dollar contract two years ago, and mm-hmm. they're like, oh, I don't know if you're worth that. Well, we just paid more. Zeke. Paid more. It had nothing to do with that. They could have paid both. Right. It had nothing to do with paying any individual player. Every step of the way, they've had enough that, to pay him more than thirty. That was definitely the common thought amongst the people at that point. Was yeah, we, no, that's stupid. Yeah, yeah. Like you can, no, <laughs> they could have paid him after every single deal that they've made, mm-hmm. every right. single one. Right, and the injury was just so unfortunate because it, it, it was supposed it was to be about to shatter the pa- single season passing record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah still of course, he was throwing forty times a game, but still, yeah. Like, oh no, it was still going to happen. He yeah. was on track for six thousand yards passing. Like, it was no, it was still going to happen. Unreal. It was just a, an unreal volume that they yeah. were throwing the ball too. Absolutely, but 
Yeah, that, that's of course, another in, guy. in those games, yeah. that's you know, and and honestly, we have literally what we've talked about four or five quarterbacks. There's another six or seven quarterbacks yeah. that are completely either unhappy with their system or their system's just completely undecided on whether or not they're going to bring them back. Well, and like with leaks of like players or teams that have been interested in trades, we found out that Carolina was very yeah. much in on the Stafford trade. Yeah, uh, we've heard that Minnesota. Wants to try to angle for a Deshaun, and I mean every quarter, every team that's I've not that, yeah. the Chiefs yes. or a couple other teams, yeah. maybe, are definitely going to want in yeah. on the Deshaun. Yeah, the Jets with Darnold, the you yeah. know, just any of these. Every single one of those teams should be in on it if you don't yeah. have an MVP caliber quarterback. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's it's unreal. The quarterback market, going back to what we've said, is just ridiculously insane this year. Yeah, I mean, and the you, fact that you have we just had a high volume of quarterbacks yeah. retire in the last yeah. few but years. I, I do high think, level quarterbacks. I do think that this market too, to what you guys said earlier, that this is the player empowerment mm-hmm. era, and I agree with that. I'm not disagreeing, mm-hmm. but I think that that also means that this one, this isn't the first off season where the market, the market is going to be is, is so much more of a fluid situation than it's been in other years because because of the players being empowered and that mm-hmm. they don't if they have any qualms about their situation. That means people are going to be talking about them being on the market. So mm-hmm. what we say is the market could be different from what people in the front offices who are on the phones actually having the conversations view as what the market is. And so yeah. I think that when you say that this is the first, like this is the new era where we're, this is something that's going to become the norm, I agree with that. And what I also think is this won't be the first offseason where the market as we see it yeah. is going to be this the most – like. This is going to be the craziest offseason in, in, in so league history and blah, blah, blah. Like, I think this is going to be – this is the new norm. This is what's going to right. be in every offseason from now on. Mm-hmm. Because the second you hear – because of also the social media era. Yeah. Because the second you hear about some discomfort a player has with a team, immediately that means we're going to jump onto that and the machine's yeah. going to start working yeah. and that they're on the market. And even if the team doesn't view them as on the market. Right. And it's like, right. no, we're not going to – we're not going to – Well, I mean, point, in case, but, point in case one of my favorites is uh, Allen Robinson. They're talking about franchise tagging him and then moving him. Yeah. Like, you know, like you're, you're seeing a lot of that But that's right now. where it's, it's like – but those are like, – I think some of them are legitimate. Some of these quarterbacks that are so-called on the market I don't think truly are. Gotcha. But – and I'm not saying the Russell Wilson situation because the team is, ha- is unhappy with him, but I'm just saying that like, I'm looking at this list, and yes, all these teams would like to upgrade. Whether or not they're realistically going to upgrade is right. not every one of these teams is going to get a quarterback. No, I'm just no. saying these and are the teams that should and will be in the market. But I'm just saying I think we're going to see lists like this in every offseason because, mm-hmm. yeah, the, how many of these teams could make an upgrade and then one year from now be like, yeah, we thought that was an upgrade, and yeah. it turns out, you know, you look at Minnesota, Kirk Cousins was an upgrade. That doesn't mean they wouldn't like to upgrade further. Hmm. Teddy Bridgewater was an upgrade over what Cam Newton was in the 2019 season. Yeah. That doesn't mean that they just don't want to upgrade again. So until you right. find, until they find that franchise quarterback, they're going to continually be in flux and potentially looking, mm-hmm. and especially in this era. And that's where, again, I think our view of the marketplace is different from their view of the marketplace. Mm. Uh, but that's also why well, I don't see... The, the, the teams are always going to be the last ones to catch up. Well, yeah. Their their view of this, yeah. Oh, well, we don't have to trade him. Okay, yeah. well, he can sit out. Right. And players, especially ones with a lot of money already, are gonna be doing that. Mm. If if they're not if if their needs are not met, they will be sitting out seasons. I think especially quarterbacks. Man, mm. quarterbacks could make more sense. I don't think. I think you're gonna see a lot of other positions get screwed with that. Yeah. I don't see what the like people asked if what Le'Veon Bell did was a new if that's gonna be a new precedent. Absolutely not because of the short shelf life. Mm-hmm. But running backs aren't the only position that have short shelf lives. Look at 
you know, look at all of a sudden Mitchell Schwartz is 31 years old. And I was going to say offensive lineman, of, man. There's talk <laughs> of having of him retiring this offseason. And that's there's as as you continue to see these athletes become Tyrant bigger Smith. and faster and stronger, that also means more wear and tear on their bodies. And so I think you're going to start to see a lot of these guys not sit out because who knows when something could but could go with right. quarterbacks. Go, but quarterbacks is going to be the, the one Tom exception. Brady yeah. Is the one exception mid forties. And like, just little little tweaks. If it gets me traded. Now, yeah. say, quarterback is going to be yeah. the one exception to that. Yeah. I don't see a Wide lot of the other positions. You could very much get that. They're not taking as many hits. Yeah. That's They're also going to create more of the separation between yeah. the elitist of quarterbacks in locker room or not locker rooms, but just how they're viewed and other positions. Should, Ultimately, you're going to see other positions be like, "Fuck you! You're you're opting right. out of the season, or you're sitting out the <clears> season." Like, I don't have that option. Like, right. You're supposed to be here playing with me. I don't know. I think. Player There's, empowerment is, I mean, it's going to benefit everyone. It, it like, does. It, it does. You look at the NBA. Like, but, yeah, mm. like, and the, the biggest obstacle with it, is, I mean, if if the Seattle Seahawks don't go out and get linemen for Russell Wilson, he's not going to get happier. No, no, no. No matter no, no. what they do. Like, if, he, if he's not impressed with the linemen they put on the field, like, whether it happens this year or next year or whenever, yeah. like, he's going to want out. That, and that's why I don't see it happening this year. If this, if this, these issues do continue mm-hmm. into this next season, I think especially because they went and got him a new offensive coordinator, I think he's going to stick around at least this season. If this, if we're still talking about this a year from now, the offensive line issues in Seattle, then absolutely, I'm going to be Honestly, all in on him. And if they get off to a bad, I mean, market. that's a very, very tough division. They get off to a bad start. They get off to a bad start, and they fall behind, and and they start losing. You could be looking at that. At the trade deadline. True. No, absolutely. You know, and, and it's just like one of those things where, especially like, I mean, yeah, do we? I don't. Do we legitimately think that the Cardinals are the worst team in the division? Probably because of coaching. I yes. do, one hundred percent. But even then, they have a talented roster with Kyler and all that stuff, and so it's hard. Like, look at that team like sure, that. But it's like the it's but, like the Browns. There's also yeah. and really yeah. good coaches in that division too. Yeah. Exactly. Like, and then the other coaches, the Browns, the, Super Bowl winner. the Browns were supposed to be the team. That yeah. like comes up for like three years before it actually happens, and then finally yeah. gets Stefanski, and, and the mood changes. Right, like if until I'm until they get rid of yeah. Kingsbury, like that. Yeah, I'm not convinced that that's a so. Their Kingsbury is now yeah. only going into what year three? Yeah, now in Arizona, then or is it year four? Two, or is, no, this will be year this three. Will be this, year is, this is year three. Yeah. This will be year three. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, we'll see. You know, sometimes quarterback, sometimes co- not quarterbacks, coaches. Mm-hmm. Turn a corner after right. that, in that third year. Sometimes that happens, and so God, I I'm hope. not saying it's going to happen. Absolutely. I don't think he's as bad as the uh, as some other coaches in this league. Because one thing is, we look at him as the worst coach in that division. That is a great, great division. division yeah. yeah, I mean, I Pete Carroll is arguably the worst, the, worst. the worst coach in a lot of divisions. So do you? Yeah, like and I'm not. I'm not trying is, to say that I think I mean, he's a great coach by any means. I'm just saying I think he's still so new. We don't know what sure he's all better doing. than in the AFC. West. I would say he's better than Do the Chargers Fangio have a coach yet? And we, I mean, Los Angeles yes, Fangio. Coaches, Fangio so. has proven to be one of the best defensive coordinators of all time. Defensive coordinators? Great, you're sure. talking about head coach. What has he proven as a head coach that makes him 100% sure he's better than Fangio? I would say that Arizona almost made the playoffs last year. and that Because Denver's of talent, and they didn't. I would, I would still say that they, they still almost made the playoffs, and they were a much more competitive team. They beat one of the best teams in the NFL. Sure. And yeah, I was on a Hail Mary, but still. Yeah. And things fell apart once their quarterback got. I don't think that individually he is a better coach than Vic Fangio. No. 
not good I, at that. And I do. <laughs> I, I'm not coach. I'm saying Fangio, as a head coach. I'm saying as running the organization. That, but he brings an offensive side. Is his offensive mind more impactful to a game than Fangio's defensive mind? No. But I, I'm talking about well, – okay, that's, we're talking about two different things then. We're talking about, I'm I get it, but that's, as, but that's what they bring as coaches. Okay. Like he brings I, an offensive I don't bench, think he that he is – I think Fangio he would be better. better I think he's a better head coach than Vic Fangio. Coach. And, again, we just saw – so you said AFC West. We differ in opinions on, on, on Denver, but Los Angeles just made a coaching change. So, I mean, we don't so, know what Brandon yeah, Staley no, is. No, yeah, not enough – not there to even judge. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's a lot – there's not very many coaches he's better than. I just – I'm just I'm curious to see what he's going to do in year three. It's really what and – and, again, I'll, I'm not saying that I think he's going to become a great coach. I'm just saying that I think that's a strong division for coaches and – I'm curious. I just really want to see what happens in year three. Mm-hmm. Sure. And so I'm not willing to – I don't like – unless it's an Adam Gase, I don't like writing off head coaches this quick into a tenure. I mean, he's been a head coach for like seven years, and he's never been good. Well, yeah, but the college is such a different level mm-hmm. than – He had Pat Mahomes for three of those years. True, but that was also <laughs> – I mean, it was the That's my only point. He's the, done the least with Pat Mahomes of any coach ever. I, but I also see that – like it's it's a head coach has more control of their defense or is as tasked more with with running the yeah, defense the in college than it is in the matter. NFL. True, but <laughs> I'm just saying is he doesn't have to be the guy. To, like his his defense yeah. can become more successful in the NFL sure. by hiring the right coaches. Yeah, right. and yeah. so I I just I, I don't know. That. I'm curious to see very much to see this year three for Arizona. Sure. Yeah, agreed. I mean, because oh, like last year this growth. is the make or break for, season. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because yeah. last year was it was so obvious that. Clingsbury was over his head. I'm just not willing yeah. to write him off yet. Yeah, sure. yeah I, and I get that. I just you have as much talent as he's had in his career at every level mm. in coaching. Yeah, and other than when he coached Johnny Manziel as an offensive coordinator, like mm. like that's that's yeah. my only point on Kingsbury. I've never been sold on him. He's he got thr- thrusted into head coaching way too early, in my opinion. Oh, I do agree with that, and that's where I'm. I just kind of he's learning on the job a lot, yeah. right. and so. Proximity to Johnny Menzel isn't great to me either. <laughs> I was shocked because I was shocked in the first place when he got when he got that head coaching job because he just yeah. accepted the OC job at USC, which I thought was right. brilliant. I thought it was a great I move. That was him. a superb move, right? For both school school and coach, and I thought that that was eventually probably mm. around now would have yeah. wanted him up into yeah. a head yeah. coach. I mean, that's what, that's what we were talking about, like with like the Sark move. The Sark move was a great move because that that's what propelled him to now be the coach of yeah. Texas. Yeah. Uh, well, and Sark was gonna inherit Alabama, right? Another gonna be another what if scenario down the line. I feel like, yeah. What if? Uh, <laughs> well, I was gonna say who? Yeah. Who knows? I mean, who's, who knows? That's why Josh McDaniels has stuck around in New England for as long as he has, and even he's getting antsy. He's exactly. More than so ever. we say, right. you know, yeah, the the guy who's gonna who's set to replace, but how long do you ultimately right. have to wait? Yeah. yeah, coaches are fickle. Exactly. And that's not a joke on Luke Fickle. <laughs> <laughs> Finkel. Oh, that's Finkel, not Fickle. Finkel's I know. Come on, man. Lace is out. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, that was a it, – it's just – Die, it, Dan, die. Yeah. Oh, I was going to mention that one thing to also factor into this offseason is the cap is going to be a lot lower yes. than normal. There's going to be a lot of veteran minimum signings for free agencies mm-hmm. or for free agent moves because teams just aren't going to have enough money. You're going to see a lot of one-year deals, maybe two, mm-hmm. uh, where guys are signing way lower than they You're going to see probably a lot more incentive-based contracts. Mm-hmm. 
because it's going to be if you're going to play for us, you're going to get paid. Some contenders. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. There's like there Jeez. was someone who posted a list of like all the potential like everyone who's an uh, unrestricted free agent or restricted and. Mm-hmm. The list is massive. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of talent that's going to be on the market. It's on the that's, spreadsheet. That's what I was going to say. Is like I know I was talking about this this marketplace as we view it. Mm-hmm. The trade market is wider than we've ever seen it. This is an abnormally ridiculous free agent market. Yeah. So that is something that I don't see being the norm moving forward. This is just a very unique situation. Absolutely. Yep. Um. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I have – yeah, so the free agent market is just insane. I, I have it on a, on a spreadsheet, and it's just like it, – The entirety of it? The entirety every, of it. Every single position. It's a lot. Yeah. It, uh, it starts – it just rolls. But, I mean, it's just – it basically goes from line 43 to 101, three columns deep. Jesus. Who's the last guy on there? I want to see just how thorough you are here. The last guy, BJ Goodson. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. That's fair. That's yeah. pretty fair. Uh, right above that, Jordan Lewis, Michigan guy. If they could figure out what Jordan Lewis plays, he could be a good player. Yeah, he's not a corner. Yeah, he's a safety. He's a nickel. Um, he's a nickel corner, maybe. I, maybe. Yeah, safety. 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 <laughs> yeah. All hawking safety. He has no coverage ability anymore. Yeah. I don't know what happened to him. He was really solid at Michigan. Um, but you guys want to talk some baseball? You know, Duncan's been dying to talk about the big trade the Royals made. Oh yeah, very um, excited about that. I mean, the Royals have been abnormally aggressive this off season. New which new? Uh, yep, new ownership. John Sherman is showing that he's going to do things differently from what David Glass did. May Glass rest in peace. But uh, he's going to do things differently, and he wants to feel the winner. He doesn't want to have, the, have this word. You build up and have this monster peak for a couple of years, but then you're losing 100 games in between that. And, right. and so, you know, going out and signing, and it's not just signing big splash signings. It's Carlos Santana. They needed a strong hitting or a strong left-handed bat at one of the corner infield positions. You know, you get Carlos Santana. Yeah, he's a little bit older, but that guy has like damn near a 500 batting average in his career at Coppin Stadium. Like yeah. he hits, it's it's four something. It's not damn near 500, but. Still, he's batting over 400 in his career at Coffin Stadium, and he's played the majority of his career with the Cleveland Indians, so, or whatever they're going to be called uh, moving forward. But that's that's an awesome guy to have a first base slash DH. I mean, whatever, you know, you don't have Jorge Soler. But then they they go and sign Mike Miner, who was a stud a stud left-handed starter, formerly a reliever for us, but left-handed starter for te- for the Texas Rangers last year. And then the icing on the or the, the cherry on top of the Sunday, this icing on the cake, cherry on the Sunday, whatever. It's all the same thing. <laughs> Uh, it's all super sweet, just like the Andrew Benintendi trade. Ooh. Yeah, like buddy. That. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, they made a trade with the Boston Red Sox for left fielder Andrew Benintendi, which Alex Gordon did officially retire this, this offseason. So what was the compensation for that? I didn't end up seeing We that. traded Khalil Lee, who was a double-A outfielder. He was one of our top ten prospects. Hmm. But as a guy we've kind of been waiting on for a while, he might have been triple-A last year. Well, there was no minors last year. He, so he would have been in AAA last year, uh, and he probably would have started this season in AAA. Um, but and he's he's a speedy outfield, speedy mm. center fielder type. I always I viewed him as uh, ceiling, high ceiling. I hoped was like a poor man's Mookie Betts, but even that was far fetched. Mm. And so, but he was a guy that hopefully could play some solid defense in center, speedy guy, steal maybe thirty bases a year hit 10 home runs or something like that. They still have the Royals as a top 10 farm system right now. 
the you, even even with the even with the trade, the, yeah. Pitching in the, in the, yeah. In even the even system. with the trade, they still have them up in the top ten. Which well, is I mean, sometimes like when you get a, you have to you have to get rid of some of your prospects mm-hmm. and drop a couple spaces. They're still in top ten, which means that they made yeah. some brilliant moves. But Benintendi was one of the top prospects in baseball like four years ago. I think he was mm-hmm. the number one or two prospect in baseball four or five years ago. It wasn't that long ago mm-hmm. for the Red Sox, and then he helped them win the World Series in eighteen. Was a key member of their out of that the 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 killer B outfield that they had of Bradley yeah. Betts and. Benintendi, and he slipped a little bit last year, but a lot of players did. It was mm-hmm. a weird, it was a weird season. Short, and short. a lot of people can be like, "Well, he was a top prospect. He was this. He's still only 26, 27 mm-hmm. years old." Yeah. And the Royals got him with, I believe, two more years left on a, an extension he signed in Boston, mm-hmm. and then he's arbitration eligible. Yeah. And so the Royals could have him for they have him under club control for a while. And he's another guy where he's not going to hit a bunch of home runs. He's never probably going to hit 20 or more. But he's he could be a doubles gap kind of guy who so here's, easily in Kauffman Stadium could bat yeah. 320. So here's the big question then. Where do you slide him into the lineup? Two. Two? I you slide him into two? Wit one? Ben two? Yeah. Uh, I see a lot of controversial questions about that is because there there have been the people that are like, well, because his bat didn't really come around because of the injuries and all that stuff, and his bat hasn't come around the last little bit. But obviously we've been talking about COVID for Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a million years, uh, but like, there is that school of thought where it's like, well, you can't mess up what you have currently, so you need to slide him in behind like there are six or seven behind like Solaire or all that stuff. But do you you go ahead and pull the trigger and put him up there? I would put him at two because I just love that thought. Because he's a leadoff guy. He's been a leadoff guy for a while. True, but I mean, Wit is your leadoff guy. Right, Wit is legitimately one of the best players in baseball. Mm. And I, I can't believe that I, I can say that, considering where he would have been three years ago. But the guy just like – and three years ago, I was like, we've got a pretty damn good ball player in our hands. I remember thinking future trade bait and stuff. This guy is an all-star now. Like, and it's not just where, oh, we're going to – you have to have a representative from the Royals. Like, a worthy all-star, borderline a starter in the all-star game at second base or wherever the hell they want to put him. Yeah. And Utility it man. just gets better every single year. And, yeah, he's, I think, 31 now, but – I mean, he was he was a late bloomer, and inevitably he plateaus, and it might be this year. But him and and Ben and Tendi at the top of that lineup that 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 makes me like that makes my mouth water just mm. with the excitement of then what what Salvi and Solaire and Santana and some of the other strong bats that they have Hunter Dozier mm. that they have in this lineup just setting the table for those guys. I mean, there's there's a lot of potential for the Royals to have a very explosive offense this mm-hmm. season. I, I mean, I honestly would not – I wouldn't mind if they did drop them down a little bit in the lineup and, oh, keep, and keep it to where they did, like, Witt, Dozier, so on and so forth. But, uh, you know, Salvi, Soler, and all that, and maybe have them back, like, more clean up, like, six. But in the same fact, like, this is a great guy to add to your lineup that – was nobody saw coming like that is like 100% this trade and the fact that they were able to get a guy like this in a three-team trade and then like I said not lose any of their farm system standings that is super impressive yeah and there was we traded it was Lee and man there was another guy I believe we dealt that it was a three it was the three-team trade and Lee went to New York the Mets Mm. and there was I mean I can't I can't remember what the Red Sox got but it was uh we didn't we didn't give up nearly as much as we should have yeah for a guy who could blossom into an all-star mm. in Kansas City and this isn't just some young prospect that you're waiting to finally see blossom like he's had his all-star worthy years in Boston and he's still super young just had 
coming off a down year. Like this is this is Boston just trying to shed payroll because that's what they've been doing under their new uh, the new front office leadership. Right. And their full rebuild. They won their yeah they won their World Series in eighteen and now they're just like nope we need to slash payroll left and right and yeah that's what they're doing full rebuild let's do this and yeah. so which it's crazy to think that the Boston Red Sox of all teams are doing that but right um, I guess when you win four World Series in in less than two decades I guess you can do that mm-hmm. um, but uh, and they'll still be pissed off in Boston um, it's cold as fuck <laughs> it's been cold as fuck here so. yeah but it's always cold there yeah that's fair that's fair. Yeah. Um, but no, and then obviously with the pitching, I mean, they went and got Mike Miner, and so he had a big year for Texas last year, and I think he profiles there. I think they're hoping he'll be a starter, but inevitably I could see him ending up in the bullpen. They need to push Danny Duffy into the bullpen finally. Just, just bite the trigger or pull the bite the trigger. Ah. <laughs> pull, bite the bullet. The bullet pull the that trigger. sounds like a Detroit Lions coach. <laughs> me, yeah. uh, and they, they need to finally pull that trigger and just have Danny be a reliever because yeah. his upside to there is pretty high. But you're not – well, Danny's still – you know, we could still see him develop into – no, he's in his 30s now. Danny's yeah. like 32 years old, 33. It, make him the long reliever, you know. Hell, you make, him, make him your seventh, eight, seventh, eighth inning guy. He's yeah. got the stuff where he can light up people at the back end of a bullpen. Mm. And so, with in, turn him into that Wade Davis. They don't really have. Who, speaking of, they brought him back too. They've got him and Greg Holland back. Yep. And so they Holland had a good year in the majors last year. They're hoping Wade Davis can do the same. He didn't. Uh, I don't remember if he actually was did pitch last year, uh, or if he did. He his last time in the majors, he did not pitch very well. It was, was with Colorado, but they they saw uh, Greg Holland as a reclamation project, and he worked out well. And they, they're bringing him back. And now they're trying to do the same with Wade Davis. And so the, naturally the next question is where the hell is Kelvin Herrera and when's he end up in Kansas City mm. so they can do a HDH 2.0, mm. which will not be nearly as good as 1.0 was. But, oh, yeah. Uh, still, I mean, the Royals well, have I a see lot a of picture. exciting. Oh, I see a picture in the background of a parade. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but regardless, that's, that's exciting talking about some of the bullpen stuff. What's really exciting is the starting rotation. Because, yeah. I mean, you've got Brad Keller – who has averaged a 3-5 ERA in his young career so far, is only 25 years old mm-hmm. and already has, I think, three big league seasons under his belt. And this is a guy, he's probably your opening day starter. And he's just, he's had a very strong career and he's still improving. And you saw he missed half the season with COVID last year, but when he came back, he was nails down the stretch mm-hmm. for the Royals. And he looks like he took another step in his evolution. And then, of course, you've got the youngsters. We haven't even mentioned all the draft picks the Royals have had, the, the treasure chest of first uh, of top picks that they've had at pitchers and Brady Singer and, and Chris Bubich were both up last year and got some big league experience under their belt and you still have the best ones down in the minors you still have uh, Daniel Lynch who was the best of that draft class Jackson Coar who was uh, Singer's teammate at Florida hasn't made his major league debut yet he was the other first round pick behind mm. Singer in uh, 18 and then or in 17 was it 18 you no know, it was 18 and then the per, perhaps the the best one of all, the crown jewel of the system. They get Asa Lacy last year with the fourth overall pick when he probably should have gone one or two. Yeah, I mean I'll say two because Torkelson was definitely worthy of going number one. Spencer, to, yeah, to, to, to Detroit. Yeah. But Asa Lacy was the best pitcher in that draft, and he slipped to four, mm. and or he's, he's at least got the best stuff of that draft, and he's yeah. the highest ceiling as a potential ace. And so I think he debuts at some point this season, like the Royals all of a sudden are primed to 
It's, it's a pretty solid division. I mean, the White Sox look like a World Series contender. The Twins won the division again last year. The Cleveland just made a massive trade downward by trading away Francisco Lindor to the Mets. Uh, but they've still got Jose Ramirez, and they've still got Shane Bieber in that, in that mm. uh, rotation. The, it, the Cleveland's still going to be a threat. Yeah. But Kansas City could make some noise. Detroit's oh, absolutely. A further away. I mean, Detroit's also got some extremely exciting players, and right. Torkelson and Casey Mize and Matt Manning, and they're on the they're literally behind the uh, Tampa Bay as far as farm system goes. Like it's just a matter well, of time. Well, Tampa Bay has and a rebuild. ridiculous farm system, and for a team right. that was just in the World Series last year, that's scary as all hell. Exactly. And they've got the number one prospect in baseball, who is a guy who they're already saying is probably going to be the next in line of that. That prospect who becomes great, like a Bryce Harper or Mike Trout, or, right? It's insane. Or Ronald Acuna, yeah. You know, or Francis uh, Tatis, Fernando yeah. Tatis Jr. Yeah, Tatis, like, Wander Franco, and this yeah. kid's—he's just—he yeah. could be insane. Or yeah, he could be a bust. Who knows? It's right. baseball. Uh, yeah, I mean, Tigers pitching prospects are trying to get light a fire underneath them uh, this year. Uh, currently, right now, um, made a couple moves, but honestly, it's just more middling stuff for our for our team and mm-hmm. basically you can tell that they kind of they're unsure what's happening with the whole COVID thing so they did plan the full rebuild to be ready by 2022 but now that's looking like it might be 2023 so yeah. they're expecting to come out and try to compete but you're really going to start seeing a lot of young players start coming up and start really seeing what they have and then yeah. try to make a move and hopefully be back in the next couple of years I was going to say this is a division that's primed very well because the White Sox are a young team this is a division that's primed to be one of the best in baseball, if not the best in baseball, in a year or two. Right. And the Royals, that was their their rebuild. It was they're like, hey, we're looking to start competing in 2020, and then to really make a be a contender in 2021. Yeah. And I'm not saying that they're a contender by any means, but this is a team that could be knocking around the playoff scene until the last the you know the last couple of weeks of the season, yeah. if not make a playoff spot, snag one of those wild cards, especially with how I think they added that wild card system. spot. There's it, yeah, there's two the two yeah it's so. It's, there's that. Uh, that might have just been last season. I'm not oh, sure. Oh, I thought it was they, this season too. If they actually I'll have to look into that. Thing. Yeah. yeah. We'll also have to look into that. Yeah. It's February, so there's still right. Pitchers and catchers reported today. I was going to say it's come it's it's coming up pretty quick. We're getting into that time of year. Yeah. Uh, if there's that extra wild card spot, I uh, I would totally write the Chiefs or the Chiefs. I would totally write the Chiefs. Right, the, the Chiefs, man. Patrick Mahomes, he, was, he <laughs> I mean, could have been a Detroit Tiger like you know. <laughs> They drafted there was, him. There was there was Royals fans joking. It's like, yeah, let's see what Patrick Mahomes can do in the back of the bullpen. And it was like, ha ha. But seriously, let's yeah, see. Like, what, can we do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, who are the, in your guys' opinion, the overall contenders? I mean, the Yankees obviously. The the Dodgers finally got over the hump, won that World Series, mm-hmm. and then they go and. Get uh, Trevor Bauer to uh, fortify that rotation. Yep. Yep. Only the best pitcher on the free agent market. Yep. Um, Tampa. Should be really mad about Mookie kneeling, though. Yeah. Huh? Trevor Bauer. Oh, Jesus. He's yeah. no- notoriously anti-kneeling. Yeah, well, he'll have to get over that. He's already gotten in some hot <laughs> water in Los- in- already since he signed a Dodger contract, too. And I, It was Sorry. literally, I didn't even read into it because I was like, whatever. He probably cut himself on a... On a uh, <laughs> Playing with one of his toys again. It's probably um, a rough day for him. With probably Rush Limbaugh dying. Yeah. But uh, also, I see. I mean, the Mets are a legit contender because they've got, in yeah. my opinion, the best pitcher in baseball in Jacob Degrom. Very quietly, the guy won two, mm-hmm. went back to back Cy Youngs in eighteen and nineteen, and the guy's just been an absolute stud at the front of that rotation. They've Doesn't got Noah Syndergaard come yeah, back? Yeah, I was going to say Syndergaard. And then back. they've also got some other talented arms. You know, like established. 
uh, guys like Marcus Stroman finally mm. going to you know get to have a full season in New York and uh, they've they've got some they've got full some season potential. I, full season I think you also have to men- mention the Padres on the opposite coast as well they well, did absolutely. they did well last year they're going to have a full season this time to actually kind of get get really churning and all that stuff and they're not going to they're probably they're going to go they're going to have their like off points in midseason but it's not going to affect them as much as it did this well, year you're also going to see the Braves were that close to going to the World Series last yep. year you know they they uh, you could say it was a choke job by them to let the Dodgers come back and ultimately go in the World Series which it's funny to think that it was the Dodgers were on the verge of choking, and then all of a sudden it was the Braves that choked. Mm. And so the Dodgers, the notorious chokers. You know. um, and so, yeah, there's, uh, it's, it's going to be an interesting season. There's really – there's just there's a lot of teams. I would say legitimately two-thirds of the league, of both leagues, could make some noise this year. There's yep. only a handful of teams that are probably really not going to be any good this season. So the Baltimore as, Orioles in particular. As, as long as more than two cities win championships across sports this Shit. coming year. I think we'll all be fine with that. I'll be fine. Yeah. Like, as long as it's not just L.A. and Tampa. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it. Hey, I don't want to talk about it either. It sucks. Yeah. 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 It was rough. And especially like, yeah. yeah. Alabama, LeBron, Tom Brady, the Dodgers. And the, the it is a bandwagoner's dream. It is. Yeah. It really was a bit, and of course it's the COVID year. Yeah. Where we're all and the runners up in the World Series were. You've got you know grown men that are just like, man, all my teams won worlds or won titles this year. Like, Jesus. God, what a year there to be are, me. And there it's are like, people probably like that. Oh, I guarantee it. Like, I I, I had a friend who was uh, <laughs> he was a Red Sox fan. He was a Florida Gators fan. He was a Duke basketball God. fan and. And a Packers fan, I was like, okay, man, just so go like, and... 09 was huge for him. Now. <laughs> 09 was huge for him. And then there's a, another guy who was, well, it's the Pirates, but it was when the Pirates were good. I can't say much. I'm a Dallas... Dallas uh, yeah, but you're, Celtics. you're an Iowa yeah, boy, so that's fair. Yeah, we don't have, we don't have yeah. sports. Yeah, but it's yeah. also teams that you picked when you were a kid. Like, yeah, and these they are, were my dad's teams. These are, yeah. Oh, and even more so. I mean, these, yeah. are, these are people who, you know, it's just like... Oh man, I really like LeBron James, so I'm gonna root forever. Who's on? Oh man, I really like Tom Brady, I'm gonna root forever. He's yeah. on. Oh man, like the Dodgers, yeah, they're awesome. Like let's let's, let's root for them. Oh Alabama, they're really good. I'm gonna root for them. Like that's literally like bandwagoners of the last five years are just yeah. fucking creaming themselves. The only yeah no I got we're almost done. Yeah. Uh, the only team that uh, actually my dad is a Dodgers fan, huh? and I. Became such a huge Celtics fan that I couldn't root for an LA team. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not doing that. it. I, will <laughs> not do that because, I won't do it. Because I, I don't take issue with a lot of Dodgers fans because they hadn't won yeah. a World Series since '88. Uh, they, which for a large market team just mm-hmm. seems kind of crazy. Yeah. And they, uh, they were that close. You know, yes, they were the, had the highest payroll in baseball, but still, mm-hmm. like, they couldn't get over that hump until this yeah. last year. So. I don't take issue with most Dodger fans, whereas Laker fans and no, Alabama they're fans. They're still LA sports fans, so they suck. <laughs> oh, that's fair. <laughs> that's all. That's all I have to contribute to that. Hey, um, you, you could you really have, have you could really have a great that. like two three years and just pick the worst market where every one of your teams is in a rebuild. It's fine. It's really fine. It's so much fun to root for all Detroit sports right now. You, were, you grew up in Detroit. You're not, you didn't grow up in Detroit. You, you were born in Detroit. And how long did you live there? Uh, like nine, ten years, I think. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, you you did grow up yeah. with those teams. I was I was seven years old when Brian Greasy and Charles Woodson won the yeah, national championship, and Red Wings went back to back. Than me. 
because like you're stuck with teams through and not that I haven't stuck with my teams through bad shit, but it's been your whole life yeah. for those teams. Like, yeah, the, you had the Red Wings, but like the, you've stuck with the Detroit Lions through shit. Like, more power to you. I, hey, and man, I I feel you. Yeah, I'm on. It's I'm gonna on feel good when we get one. All right. Gonna say, hey. be, oh, it's gonna be euphoric, dude. You yeah. have no idea. Yeah. I was gonna say I've been on top of the world now, but I was I waited 30 years to see any of my teams win a title. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I was just before my 30th birthday when the Royals finally broke through and won the World mm-hmm. Series. So yeah. it took a long ass time. I'm very close to that with the Cowboys, which is something I never thought I'd say as a as a child. Yeah. Almost 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. The and then I had to wait till I was 34 to see the Chiefs do it. Mm-hmm. So, nope. yep. I was definitely spoiled, obviously, when I was a young sports fan because obviously I got to see some like championships. I got to see some good teams. But like with like the Tigers, I've never never seen it. You know, I've right. seen it come close a couple times, yeah. but I've never seen it. And uh, obviously, Lions, like, let's not even talk about that. But, uh, you know, honestly, <laughs> I, like, I, not that it wouldn't be awesome to win every year. Like, it would be awesome. Yeah. But I feel like it means more to the fans of teams that aren't good all the time. Yeah. Like, when you don't win every few years, like... Yeah, when the Pistons did it. It was, it was yeah. a fantastic year. Sure. Like, but that buildup, like, are, is it even fun for Alabama fans anymore? Like, do you think? Uh, yes. I'm sure it is, but it's it's not more fun it than... It doesn't, it does it's not as... Do you think it's more fun than if Iowa were to win a championship for me? Well, no. Oh, no. 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 That's oh, what I'm saying. No. It's fun for them, but they're sure. just like, yeah. That's, mm. that's the norm. They that's another one. It. Yeah, they're like, and that's what's insufferable about the big market. Look at look at the meltdown teams. that they've had up in New England with uh, all those Patriots fans. Like one year being bad, and they think it's the end of the freaking world. Right. Yeah, I mean it yeah. is during a pandemic, so it you know it is the it's for some people <laughs> pandemic, not, not for, endemic not for the football line. fans. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, fandom's weird. Yeah. I, yeah, I'll talk about it later. But I have an idea with fandom that I want to experiment with. Fair. With the show. Ooh. Um, but. Ooh, peace candy. We'll talk about that more amongst each other. I'm, I'm assuming college basketball is going to be a big, big thing next week. I think. Yes. I think. We, uh, yeah. See, the college basketball coverage has. I've, I've noticed, like, we haven't actually gotten into it. Not and much. It's really hard to win the top 13 teams and as far as wins all time are all in rank. That yeah. was literally something like it was last week or the week before Unreal. that I mentioned it at the end of the show that. It was the first time in 60 years that KU, Kentucky, North Carolina, and Duke were all outside of the rankings yeah. at the same time. And yeah. it does take away from the pageantry of talking, even talking about. It's yeah. like we're just every week we're like, yeah, Gonzaga and Baylor are still dominating, and all these other teams that are normally good suck. Yeah. Like, like other than those two teams, we don't really have. And who do you even have your eye on as a contender? Because I th- like, I, I think don't that's trust why we anyone yeah. at all. It I think reminds, that's why we yeah. talk about the Big Ten so much is because they have the most players in or the most teams in that thing. But right. even then, they've been rotating back and forth. And then, <laughs> you know, like, I was going to say the Big Twelve has been right up there too. Though. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you know Baylor, four teams, five teams, four teams, five teams. Yeah, how Oklahoma had that massive jump after the the winning streak that they went on. Mm-hmm. Tech yeah. versus Kansas this week, right? Until the, Saturday? Until the KUK State tonight. Ooh. Until the tournaments, I don't really like care that we don't dive that much into college. The only thing that I, I did my rant, like the most that we've talked college basketball is when yeah. I went on my rant about Bruce Weber, which I was actually thinking about the other day because I'm like, there's actually some people that are like, yeah, I mean, K-State you know, should hold on to Bruce Weber, right? And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> it is it's something, and I know I've said it a, a million well, times. But all it's just, the money in the world. I just, I, it's, it just blows my mind that there are still these these loyalists for K State that are it's like, unreal. 
He's done so much. It's like, here, you name me all of his accomplishments as a K-State coach. I will poke holes in every single damn one of them. Yeah, he will. Oh, but you don't know how much worse it can get. You mean it could get worse than having back-to-back <laughs> seasons with the worst record in school history? Yeah. Oh, okay. Good for you. You can, though. Yeah, yeah to get worse and worse. Last year was the worst record in school history. We're about to have the worst, worst record in Jesus. school history. But it, it, no, no, there's, we don't know how good we have it uh, with Bruce Weber. So, <laughs> so my good. bad. So good. Uh, I'm not mad or anything. Bad, bro? Yeah, he mad. He mad. He mad. But you, you'll, you guys will get a, a different coach this offseason. I have no doubt with that. Um, we also got some fun brewery tours coming up. Shots. Well, because I, I was listening to Gary Parrish talk on the radio last night, and they asked him, he's like, is this when it happens? He's like, he's like the way I look at it is kind of, and he compared it to the Ohio State situation with Thad Mata, where it's like they knew the following offseason they were going to get rid of Thad Mata if things didn't go well that, that season. So basically at that point, why wait when you know inevitably you're getting rid of the guy within a year anyway? Why yeah. put yeah, it why, off for another season? Long, yeah. And I think – I think a lot of people think that Weber should get another opportunity because of a co- of the situation of COVID this season. Mm-hmm. But if you're like if you were going to do it after a full season without COVID, right. then why are you waiting? Like, what's the point of that? Yeah. Just yeah. besides to be nice and sorry, he you don't win basketball games by being nice. It's true. It's very true. That's why the Big Ten does so well because all of our coaches are assholes. All surrounded by assholes. They are. They're all dickheads. Um, but. With that said, like I said, we're probably not going to cover a whole lot of college basketball because it is the probably the most boring year for it I've ever seen uh, until the tournaments, Zaga! which are coming up very quickly. So yeah, very quickly, uh, we will be on that eventually. Um, we'll continue to cover what we do. NHL baby, Blackhawks tied for second place in the Central Division, whatever the fuck the Central Division means in this year's COVID yep. season of <laughs> hockey. Not ahead of ahead of a certain other team that might be represented in fandom at this table by some another person. Yeah, I'm looking at you over there, Doug Glatt. <sighs> I'm not wearing Red Wings jersey. Yeah, goon. Yeah, goon. Rebuilds happen, man. I'm just, no, I'm just talking shit. This is yeah. not going to sustain for the Blackhawks. <laughs> yeah. We have negative one goal differential, and yet we're tied for second place in the division. Mm. It's not. Hashtag, hashtag blessed. Yeah, hashtag they, blessed. Let's, <laughs> let's go, Hawks. Yeah. All right, let's go for the week. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Yeah, go week. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous walrus, the bulbous walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 911, what's your emergency? Senora, me está diciendo que un tren le pegó a una camioneta? Sí, yo pensé que quería cruzar, el hijo iba rápido, creo, y después. Ay, Dios mío, qué horror. No puedes saber a qué velocidad viene un tren. Por eso están los señalamientos de advertencia. Obedécelos. Alto, el tren no para. Mensaje de Netza.